This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. Big week NBA trade deadline ended yesterday, and of course March Madness going on. My bracket is um, not looking so hot, so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So when it comes to the trade deadline, I'm just going to go over the uh, really the highlights of it. I'm not going to go through each and every trade. I know that people don't care that Matt Thomas was traded from the Raptors to wherever for like a pick or whatever. So we're just going to go through the highlights here. The first one that I saw, it was I think it was a later one. I think I'm going in reverse order here, but first one I saw was a uh, JJ Redick to the Mavericks. I really like this move for the Mavericks because they're getting a great veteran to back up Josh Richardson, which is always good. And no, they weren't together in Philadelphia. I was gonna say it would be a good matchup, but they were in Philadelphia together. But they weren't. But Josh Richardson's gonna have a good veteran to back him up. Next up is that the the Celtics made some really weird moves. They got Evan Fournier for second round picks, and they. Basically traded Mo Wagner for Daniel Tice, which I don't know if Fournier, Fournier will really help that team at all, I would really say. I mean, he's a he could shoot pretty well, I think, but I don't know. That doesn't really seem much. And, like, Mo Wagner, maybe. I mean, he's younger than Tice, so he got some sort of an asset there. But I don't know. All, all together weird moves for the Celtics. Danny Ainge, once again, lets everyone down at the trade deadline. Next up... Oladipo finally goes to where he wanted to go since the bubble. He's heading to Miami. Um, yeah, so the Heat look really good with this trade, and they seem to be looking even better if LaMarcus Aldridge decides to sign there after being bought out from the Spurs, which from what I've heard, that's uh, Aldridge's top spot, so they're going to be pretty good. Go up against the Nets. It's going to be an interesting Eastern Conference playoffs with that. But then the Rockets, oh, man. There's some videos out there where it's talking about, like, do trades for stars work out or not. This one that uh, didn't work out at all. The Rockets, in return for James Harden, basically got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a pick swap. Which, wow, that's not even worth James Harden at all. Not even close. But, hey, that's the NBA for you. Sometimes you win a trade, sometimes you lose. But who knows? That pick swap could be the greatest player ever. We don't know. But it might get swapped, so... They might get a worse player for it, but we never know. Next up, the Clippers got Rajon Rondo from Atlanta. They decided to send Lou Will in two seconds and Cash to the Hawks. Um, this is going to be really great when it comes to playoff time. You, if there's one point guard you really want in playoff times, probably other than Chris Paul, you would want Rajon Rondo because he's been there before. He's been there, done that. Won a championship with the Lakers last year. Won a championship with the Celtics. He's a great player to have in the playoffs. Next, the Trailblazers get Norman Powell. Just a great piece for them. The, the Raptors end up getting Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. And I believe the way it's going around that both the Raptors and the Blazers are the only team to have Gary Trent Sr. and Jr. They had them at like the same time. They had them for like the first two years, two and a half years, and traded them at the same time. So pretty weird. Interesting storyline, but it was really weird to hear that. Next up, I just have George Hill, the 76ers. That's just a great player to have on your team, really. He was really good for the Pacers back in the day. I wish that the Pacers wouldn't be able to do something, but that infamous picture, I think it was a GQ article. I don't think it was a magazine. Might have been in a magazine, I don't know, but the GQ picture ruined that team forever, and unfortunately, George Hill is part of it. I wish that we could have done something, but that... 
That was just terrible. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please look it up. It's actually awful. And after that picture was taken, the Pacers just like fell apart. Next up, the Nuggets making some moves. They get JaVale McGee back going to his old tragic Bronson shack in a full days. A couple years ago, he's been bouncing around quite a bit. They also got... Aaron Gordon, which, yeah, he's an okay player. I mean, he's just one of those players where, like, people hype him up because of the dunk contests he was in, but, I mean, he's a solid player, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, like, you can't really just base that off of just, oh, he's a great dunker. But, uh, the Magic end up getting Gary Harris, RJ, Hamps, RJ Hampton, and a first. The Magic was all over the place. They also traded Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Amino to doubles. And the Magic get Wendell Carter Jr. and two firsts. And Jeff Goodman, College Basketball Insider, <laughs> tweeted, The Magic must really love Cade Cunningham. Which, kind of have to agree, they are really tearing the team apart at this point. But I was talking about this. I was talking about this the other day. Isn't the Magic aren't guaranteed the first pick because they're gonna? They might be the worst. It's not the NFL. There's still the lottery, and as we know, the lottery can do whatever. Especially if you know there's a hometown kid like LeBron or D Rose. I feel like the LeBron one. It was more likely to happen, but the D Rose one. They're like. They had the eighth best odds, and they ended up getting Derrick Rose with the first pick. And also when LeBron James wants to come back to your team, so you get the first pick to make a trade better for Kevin Love, like with the Andrew Wiggins pick. But, hey, Magic are trying to go for Cade Cunningham. But even if they don't get Cunningham, there's going to be quite a bit of talent for them to pick from in this draft. Final thing I have to say is that uh, I was really surprised Andre Drummond and Kyle Lowry stayed at their respective teams because that was one thing you heard at not even all week kind of like the past couple weeks like hey Lowry's probably gonna be on the move and everyone's saying the Lakers and then Andre Drummond is gonna be on the move people are saying probably to the Knicks but both of them stayed and that's the trade deadline for you you can't believe anything you hear because a lot of people were saying trade deadline kind of sounds like a lot of smoke with no fire. And there was a little fire, but a lot of smoke. Okay, let's get to what probably all you are here for, March Madness, and how terrible my bracket is. My left side of the bracket is doing pretty good. I have quite a few teams that are still in it. My right side of the bracket, however, my only remaining team is Baylor, and I have them losing after Sweet 16, so there's that. Um, let's go most disappointing teams. You already know my number one most disappointing team is Purdue. <sighs> oh, man. What is there to say about the Purdue game? Just classic. Just like Arkansas Little Rock a couple years ago, all we do is we look past the first opponent matt painter even went on a podcast and said we're not looking past the first opponent he's having all of his staff work on it not good enough man wow but yeah the defense for north texas is really great they were really great defensively but they should have been they should not have won people are trying to tell me oh the best team won today no the best team didn't win the team that won it the most won which they just wanted it more and then purdue we Finally get it to where it's close, we take it to overtime, and we do what we do every time, and we don't try until there's 60 seconds left in overtime. Absolutely just classic, and now I know to never have faith in them in March ever again. Probably next year. I mean, the team looks pretty good next year, but just to be safe. I'm going to have them losing in the first round, and then they'll probably win it all. So there's that. So look out for my picks next year. I'm going to have Purdue losing no matter what. Next most... Disappointing team 
Ohio State. Okay, I don't care what you say. You're like, oh, I did research, I did research and all that. I did quite a bit of research, and I will tell you, no one knew how good Oral Roberts was. Some people, and you really had to deep dive in your research, knew that Ab... Abmas was the number one scorer in the nation. But to me, O'Banner is the standout in this group for me. He's done so well taking the attention off of Abmas and letting him do his thing as well. But don't try and tell me that you knew Oral Roberts was going to beat Ohio State based on your research. No way. Next up, Illinois. I remember listening to another podcast. And they were saying, Loyola Chicago, I don't think they can beat Illinois. They were saying that... If Georgia Tech beats Loyola, they'll probably beat Illinois, but they probably won't beat Loyola to begin with. That's exactly what happened. They didn't beat Loyola, but Loyola decides to go ahead and just take off number one seed, Illinois, who I had in my final game, losing to Gonzaga by three, so that doesn't look so great. But I don't know why people go try to bet against Sister Jean. She's She has powers, I swear. But if you've seen on Twitter, they have the meme where it's Sister Genus Thanos and she has all the Infinity Stones as different teams. It's pretty wild to look at, but hey, she has powers and uh, there's nothing I can go against it. Next disappointing team, Iowa. Just put all the Big Ten teams in here at this point. Big Ten was terrible. And again, this is another Blame Drew moment. Um, I said that Big Ten usually does well in the first weekend. Holy crap, I was wrong. Wow, that it's to the point where I think, should I even go on with this podcast? Because I'm probably wrong. I don't know. <laughs> well, now it seems like about 60% of the time. But yeah, Big Ten was terrible. Tennessee, I should never bet against the Pac-12. I should have listened to Bill Walton because Pac-12 did amazing in their first weekend. I don't know. I just thought Tennessee would be good. They have one of the best players in the country in Ponds, and it just didn't matter. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens here but yeah i'm never betting it's the pac-12 again another one of my most disappointing teams west virginia i had them in my elite eight and again i should never bet against syracuse i actually tweeted about this why do i keep betting against syracuse it wasn't that long ago that they were 10 seed i think they were 10 seed in the final four also i didn't realize that um jerry i think it's jerry it's jerry gary don't kill me on that but uh Jerry McNamara is an assistant on Syracuse, so I should already know that like they get shoot out of their minds because he was amazing in college. I wish I would have been old enough to watch him when he played to like remember, but watching the highlights, wow. And Carmelo Anthony talks about him quite a bit in a documentary they did. But, yep, those are the most disappointing teams for me. Um, hopefully we'll do better this weekend. Again, my left side of the bracket's good. I got Abilene Christian right. I'm hanging my hat on that one. I got Abilene Christian. I had them in the Sweet 16, but they lost in the second round. But, hey, I'll take it. I had them being Texas. So Next, let's talk about some news throughout the NCAA. We're, just, we're getting ready to have a big coaching carousel happen. IU still looking for a head coach. So far, I see their top candidates. I've heard Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> You know what? I'd welcome Isaiah Thomas, man. He was not that great of a coach or a, any leadership role, like not on the court in the NBA. So I'd welcome that. Uh, Calvert Chaney, he's been, I believe he's been interviewed. He's with the Pacers right now, so it would be a, quite a bit of a process for him to be hired. It'd have to take a while, but if they get Chaney, I think he'd be good. I don't know, honestly. But people really want IU players to come in, which I don't know if that's really worked 
anywhere. I mean, it worked at Purdue. Painter was a former player, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, another candidate, Porter Moser, of course, the coach of Loyola. I don't know. I mean, he probably would leave Loyola to go to IU because that's a, going from a mid-major to a high major is a big deal. And IU, they have such a good reputation, even though the past 20 years have not been great. But they have the reputation. That might be a place for him to go. And one that I haven't heard a lot, but I saw a couple times was Mike Woodson. I don't know about Woodson because he coached in the NBA. He did okay when he was with the Knicks, when he had Carmelo. But he might jump back down to college. It's been a while. I think he's been out of the coaching game in a while. So we'll see what happens there. But the other news out of Bloomington, players are leaving at a rapid rate. Last I heard... Five players were transferring, including Al Durham, Armand Franklin, and plenty others um, have left. And I'm assuming Trace Jackson Davis is going to go pro because he had a decent year and he's probably going to go, especially since Archie's leaving now. But you're a Purdue fan. you got to love to see this because nothing more than what a Purdue fan wants than to see IU basketball suffer. The other news of the day, this happened a couple hours before I recorded, Shaka Smart heads to Marquette. And I was looking through Marquette's roster. They have some good talent, but not really as much as Texas does. So I was... Me and a friend, we were assuming that he had a lot of money because we tried to think we couldn't find a reason why you would leave Texas. Uh, And I've seen the conversation saying, how about Chris Beard jumps from Tech to Texas? Again, I don't, I mean, unless he gets a lot of money, then I would say go for it, but... He's had such a he's built such a great program at Texas Tech in the past couple of years that I don't see why he would leave and again unless he gets a lot of money. So we'll see what that happens. There's a big coaching carousel about to happen. It's gonna be really fun to watch. And finally, one of the worst things about being really just life in general is that you have to deal with the passing of some of your favorite players, favorite people, or just people that didn't deserve to die so young so unfortunately i have to say rest in peace to elgin baylor and grand canyon's oscar frayer talking about elgin he was the most underrated star ever not a lot of people talk about him because many people just say he didn't win a ring so they don't talk about him this is where i hate people who try to base great players off of their wins it's a shame that he I mean he could have won a ring but it's a shame that people don't see him for the player he was but by the number next to NBA championships if you go to the Naismith Hall of Fame they have a profile on Elgin and I will read from that basketball purists sum up Elgin Baylor's game of one word unstoppable Baylor was an innovative offensive force never before seen. The 6'5 Baylor possessed tremendous body control and could suspend himself in air, causing many to say he was the man with a thousand moves. With his slashing drives to the hoop and his springboard-like jump shots, he dominated his opponents. He had a strong first step, and he used it creatively. Baylor was the first athlete to play above the rim paving the way for future leapers like Connie Hawkins, Julius Irving, and Michael Jordan. On November 15, 1960, Baylor became 
the first player in NBA history to break the 70-point barrier when he torched the New York Knicks for 71 points. Baylor, who teamed with Jerry West to form one of the most feared scoring duos in the NBA, was named All-NBA First Team 10 times. He was enshrined in 1977, played at Seattle University. He played, of course, for the Lakers, both in L.A. and Minneapolis. And he scored 61 points during the NBA Finals, a single-game record. You don't, you can't tell me you look at these and say he's not a, one of the greatest players ever because just because he didn't win a ring is – it's sad to say that people may overlook Elgin and if we don't try to – this is why I love the Hall of Fame. They try to make people remember because without them, Elgin would probably be forgotten and we would never know of one of the greatest players ever. Now, on to Oscar Freyer. He played at Grand Canyon University, who had just played in the NCAA tournament, and not three days later, he had died in a fiery car crash in California. I read from his coach, Bryce Drew, on what he had to say about Oscar. Oh, you had an unbelievable ability to light up a whole gym with your smile. I'm so thankful I was able to coach you and spend this year with you. The last three weeks were the happiest I had ever seen you. You completed your degree, won a championship, played in the NCAA tournament, and most importantly, 11 days earlier, raised your hand to, to rededicate yourself, your life to Christ. We love you, O, and we will see you again in heaven. Our prayers are with Bianca and the entire Friar family. It really is tough to see those words written today because today as I'm recording this is the birthday of Jacob James. Jacob was a friend, friend to everyone at my high school and he had unfortunately died in a similar way to Freyer in a car crash. I wanted to say happy birthday to Jacob. This week has been a rough one for just not only basketball world but for myself I had also experienced on Wednesday it was the five year anniversary of my dad's death um, just the closing words just tell everyone you love them when you are able to you never know when you will if you will ever see them again or not so please tell the people you love you love them tell your friends you love them just be the best you can be and just be safe out there. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.